This is the IBJ Podcast for the week of March 14th, 2022, brought to you by Taft. I'm your host, Mason King. Welcome back to the podcast, everybody. I'll cut to the chase. You should have all the information you need to fill out your March Madness brackets. We won't take too much of your time today. This is the time of year when legends are made and college kids sink shots that will be remembered for generations. It is for certain the time of greatest national fame for college basketball players. Now, as I record this, the Indiana University Hoosiers have just beaten Illinois, the top seed in the Big Ten tournament. This by itself is a huge win for IU after a very shaky season. But it also, in all likelihood, guarantees that the Hoosiers are in for March Madness. And it's huge for guys like Trace Jackson Davis and Xavier Johnson, and even role players like Trey Galloway, whose stocks are soaring right now. And I use the financial analogy for a reason. This is the first season for name, image, and likeness opportunities for college athletes. They can parlay their fame and social media platforms into endorsement deals and other sources of income that before were strictly verboten. In a few weeks, we could see defensive stopper Jordan Geronimo endorsing spam blocking software. But nothing would make Pete Yonkman and Tyler Harris happier than being able to persuade Hoosier Hoopsters to lend their names and support to charitable organizations in Indiana. Yonkman and Harris are two of the principals behind the new not-for-profit Hoosiers for Good, which seeks to facilitate name, image, and likeness deals between Indiana University athletes and Indiana organizations that do good, like the Boys and Girls Clubs of Bloomington, Habitat for Humanity of Monroe County, and Riley Children's Foundation. Not-for-profits often don't have big budgets for marketing or the kinds of specialized legal know-how required to cut an NIL deal. Hoosiers for Good acts as the matchmaker and intermediary, while also filling the key role of compensating the athlete. The charitable organization doesn't pay a dime. In turn, Hoosiers for Good hopes to be able to inspire the athletes teaching them about the power of their platforms and opportunities to support their communities. The program's launch was announced last week. Yonkman, the president of Bloomington-based medical device firm Cook Group, is the chair and president of Hoosiers for Good. IBJ podcast listeners will remember him from our episode about Cook Group's manufacturing project in Indianapolis designed to employ and support residents on the east side. Tyler Harris, formerly an associate director of athletics and IU's Office of Compliance Services, has been named executive director. Hoosiers for Good also has benefited from the expertise of former IU athletic director Fred Glass, who is serving as legal counsel. Now, I spoke with Yonkman and Harris to get a deeper understanding of the organization, which already has raised more than a million dollars for its activities. Here's our conversation. It's my pleasure to welcome back to the podcast, Pete Yonkman, president of Bloomington-based Cook Group. He is the chair and president of Hoosiers for Good. Pete, thank you so much for making time today. Thank you. It's good to be back on the podcast. And I'd like to welcome Tyler Harris, executive director for Hoosiers for Good. Tyler, thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me, Mason. Now, before we talk about Hoosiers for Good, I want to quickly dive into your college yearbooks. Tyler, I know from your LinkedIn profile, you played college basketball at Lindenwood University 
in St. Charles, Missouri from 2009 to 2013. Is that correct? Yeah, that's correct. Somebody, somebody took a chance on me and thought I was a good enough basketball player to, to play in their program. So uh, 2009 to 2013, I was, I was at Lindenwood. Okay. Pete, I know that as an undergrad at IU Bloomington, you majored in psychology and philosophy. So obviously you were on a fast track to the medical devices industry. <laughs> exactly. Did you play sports? I played sports growing up all the way through high school, primarily tennis. Did, did play basketball and baseball. I wasn't very good at any of them, so I didn't end up playing in college, but I did enjoy the experience a lot. So then, Tyler, let me ask you, if name, image, and likeness opportunities had been available when you were in school, would those have been helpful for you? Do you think that you would have tried to take advantage of them? Yeah, I, I would certainly uh, have tried to, to take an advantage uh, of them. You know, for, for me, I'd have probably got a free pizza, um, and, and that, that's about it. But but certainly, it would, it would have been nice to have the flexibility to... to uh, pursue, you know, potential interested businesses uh, during my time. So what are some of the ways that an athlete would participate? In, in Hoosiers for Good? Yeah. Or, yeah, I mean, what when we talk about name, image, and likeness, it's, it's kind of hard to nail down what that actually means in, in terms of what I would see as a consumer. Yeah, you know, we, we would we would work with with student athletes to uh, directly um, and, and, and partner with them, with, you know, with them um, and, and, and you know, charitable organizations throughout the state of Indiana. Um, and in turn, they would they would appear at those charitable events um, or, or promote the charitable organizations on social media. Um, so those are those are a couple initial ways that, that you know, they could use their NIL to, to promote the charitable organization. Pete, can you give me the elevator pitch? for Hoosiers for Good, first for the not-for-profit participants, and then for the athletes. You know, you and I have spoken on the podcast before, and we talked about our project over on the, uh, the Cooks Project over on the east side of Indianapolis, right? This is not, Hoosiers for Good is not a Cook entity, but it's definitely, its mission and the lessons we've learned are, have informed the missions of Hoosiers for Good. And in a lot of our work, we come across partners in the community who are charitable partners, and what you realize, I think, when you work with these folks is that they are achieving these amazing results for people who are really struggling. And they do it without the limelight. They do it without the, the spotlight being shined on them. And they oftentimes are doing it on very, very small budgets. And what we've seen is that when you add a little spotlight and you add some resources to folks, they can achieve even bigger things. So that was the initial thought here was that with this new opportunity for NIL, and the spotlight that some of these student athletes bring, you know, there's a real opportunity here to, to really broaden the understanding of the good work that these organizations do. So that's, I think the, our initial partners have seen that immediately. If you think about uh, Riley Foundation, Turnstone, Goodwill, Habitat for Humanity, I think these folks understand immediately how this could be beneficial for them. The student athletes, I hope what they see is that they get an opportunity very early in life, I think, to utilize a power that most of us don't have, which is this platform. When they wear a uniform at IU, they automatically have a platform and a visibility across the state that's unlike anything else in our state, I believe. And so they have this amazing power, but I don't know they always understand it. Some of them do, some of them don't. But I think going through this experience with Hoosiers for Good, I'm hopeful that obviously they're going to do a lot of good for a lot of people and a lot of charities. But the other thing that's going to happen is I hope these student athletes become more attuned to the power they have and the voice they have to influence people and really drive benefits to our community. I hope they become more community-minded leaders. Most student athletes don't become to go on to become professional athletes. They become doctors, teachers, business owners, business leaders. And I'm hoping that experience stays with them for a long term. 
So Hoosiers for Good is a is what it's called an Indiana not-for-profit corporation. And we're actively seeking with the IRS 501c3 status, which means we can take charitable donations and people can get a, a tax credit for donating to this entity. We don't have that yet, but we're in the process of, of, of seeking that. So the idea here is that interested people who have this, sort of this share the same mission that we think is really important, which is connecting this, the student athletes with charitable organizations, they'll be able to donate to Hoosiers for Good. Hoosiers for Good will then work with these student athletes. And these student athletes then will be able to benefit from payments from Hoosiers for Good. We'll hire them. And, but they have, that comes with a commitment, right? And the commitment is we're looking for student athletes who want to use their NIL and their voice and their platform in an authentic way, right? So we're not just interested in somebody who's going to show up and sign some autographs. That's not what we're about. We're going to ask them to commit to learn about this. Hopefully, something they're already passionate about. We want them to learn about the issue. We want them to work with the clients these organizations serve. And we want them to become knowledgeable. But the idea, remember, being that we're hoping to also here not only just benefit charities, but also help create more community-minded leaders. So we're asking for them to commit. So yes, they're going to benefit from their NIL, uh, which is great. I think they should because they've developed this platform and these skills. Uh, But at the same time, we're hoping to along the way, maybe impart a little bit of a, a sense of responsibility and leadership. So if for uh, an athlete is matched up, say, with a Boys and Girls Cup of Bloomington uh, and appears in fundraising material and other marketing, who's just for good pays the athlete for his or her participation, not Correct. the Boys and Girls Club. And the money isn't Correct. indirectly coming from the Boys and Girls Club. It's essentially right. cost-free on their side. It's a benefit to them. And I think that's why I've gotten, Tyler, and we've both gotten emails since our announcement from very interested uh, charitable partners who are like, we get this. We think we can help spread the word. You know, I'll give you an example. Turnstone uh, was at our event and they were very gracious in their comments. This is an organization in Fort Wayne that I didn't know about. I lived in Indiana my entire life and I didn't know about Turnstone. And this is an incredible facility that's servicing people with disabilities and their daily lives, but they're also a Paralympic training center. They have I think they said something like 30 to 40 Paralympians that have come from that facility over time. And I just didn't know this. And so I, I'm sort of ashamed to admit that, but I think it's an example of what a tremendous gem we have in Indiana that just doesn't have the recognition and spotlight it needs. So what an easy connection between athletes at IU and Paralympic training centers. I mean, that's, you know, I can't imagine a better scenario. So the money that uh, Cruisers for Good would use to compensate the athletes, that would come from donations. Correct. So from the athlete side, Walk with me through this. Let's say I play soccer on the uh, men's team for Todd Yeagley. I am perfectly open to lending my voice to a charitable campaign. How do I uh, get involved with you? So I'll let Tyler answer that. He's been he's been seeing it from a different side in his previous experience. Yeah. So you know, thankfully, in, in my previous role, I was able to get to know the IU student athletes you know fairly well. So so I know all of them. You know, some some you may have to work through their NIL agent, um, but some some of them you contact them directly. When I was there, we created this, this IU NIL directory, um, which has been very, very helpful. So, you know, we're, we'll definitely be reaching out to, to student athletes, but I'll also be providing student athletes with, with a way to contact me, especially if they're involved in the, the charitable or want to be involved in the charitable incubator program. Okay, let's take a quick time out to hear from our sponsor. This is the IBJ podcast. Taft, today's modern law firm. With more than 625 attorneys across 11 offices, we provide solutions to the business issues facing middle market and emerging companies alike. We do this through a highly collaborative and inclusive team approach. Taft, the modern law firm. 
To learn more, visit taftlaw.com. All right, we're back to this week's edition of the IBJ Podcast. We're talking with Pete Yonkman and Tyler Harris about the new name, image, and likeness initiative, Hoosiers for Good. Now, prior to, to NIL, could I, as an IU athlete, have done any public-facing work for a charity or not-for-profit while still being able to maintain my eligibility? Or, or did NIL open that up that opportunity for the first time? So, so there was some limited flexibility for nonprofits, charitable organizations, for student athletes to appear, um, you know, for example, um, but, but they couldn't be compensated above actual necessary expenses. Um, so if they you needed transportation there, they could receive compensation for that transportation, but, but nothing above actual necessary expenses. I think you go back in time, there's also, uh, somebody mentioned to me the other day, there was a time when I think Steve Alford was actually suspended for a game because his picture appeared on a calendar for a charity. Uh, so that's how much times have changed, right? Imagine now we're, we're punishing Steve Alford for <laughs> <supporting> the charity. <laughs> so uh, speaking of Steve, are you only interested in athletes who are high profile uh, or in high profile sports, already have some name recognition? Or if I'm a golfer or a wrestler or a cross-country runner, is there an opportunity for me? Well, that's what I think is so nice about this model. They can sell shoes and stuff, right? And they have an opportunity to sell commercials for whatever they want to. We're trying to create a different pathway, I think, which is, sure, that's great. Go out and, and sell, sell shoes and stuff. But uh, we'd also like to create an opportunity for these students who think, you know, I can do something more with my now. I can, I can make a difference. And that's what this pathway is for. So, of course the basketball team and the football team, there's going to have people there who are interested in that. And they're going to have people who are, uh, have a big platform. The nice thing about this model is it also gives us the ability to find people who have this platform and who have a passion, but they maybe not have the spotlight of some of the higher revenue sports. And I give the example, there may be a volleyball player who is tremendously passionate about childhood cancer and has hundred thousand followers on social media. Well, that person's a star for us, right? We can, we can really work with that person to drive, to reach their, their constituents and their social media followers to drive awareness of some of these causes. So uh, the stars can really come from anywhere. They will for sure come from basketball and football, but we're also making it clear that we want to be engaged across the 24 sports at IU. So why is, is a program like this needed? Is, is it born out of a concern that it would, it's just too costly for charities to compensate athletes, uh, you think the NIL agreements maybe are too far outside their wheelhouse uh, that maybe they would need to have sort of a middleman who can specialize in this and act as a matchmaker? Well, I think we saw it as an opportunity, right? When we early on, when we were talking about NIL, uh, I was talking with Fred Glass and we said, you know, Fred, we want to do this in an Indiana way, right? A lot of schools are doing things. There are a lot of schools running around doing things that we would just not want to be anywhere near. They're on their face kind of <laughs> violating the rules the NCAA, NCAA has put out. And so how do we do this in a way that we think is, it reflects our values and, and I think what people value about Indiana, Indiana sports, but also I think it came out of this recognition of all the work that we've done with these charitable organizations, they need help. And so when you put all those things together, I'll give you an example, a uh, person who spoke on our behalf, his name's Anthony Beverly. He runs an organization called Stop the Violence in Indianapolis. And he, he's been decades working to try to intervene with kids who might be at risk for violent crime. He doesn't have any resources. His ability to go out and contact student athletes and, and sign them up to an NIL contract, this doesn't exist. And, you know, so if he can work with us and we can, you know, he said, if, if, 
his thing was, if we can get some of these student athletes to start talking to our youth, the community about their potential, about what they can, what was possible for them on social media in a way that connects with them, that's more powerful than anything I can do. And so I think he immediately understood, boy, if we have a partnership with, with Hoosiers for good, that we bring a whole set of resources that he just can't even dream of. So if I'm an athlete, uh, I'm, I'm guessing somewhere in my first interview with Hoosiers for good, I am probably going to ask, you know, like how much compensation can I get for this? What can I expect to earn uh, from my name, image, and likeness in, in the not-for-profit sector? Yeah, so I'll let you kind of think about that. You know, you've been working on some of these deals. It's that's a, that's a really it's going to be part of the learning process we have is figuring out, you know, how committed people are, what are they willing to do, how much time do they have, all those things. Yeah, and, and, and to your to your question, Mason, you know, it, it really comes back to how much value that that individual student athlete would be able to add to to the charitable charitable organization. You know, it's not going to be a one size fits all you know model. You know, there'll be be bigger agreements, smaller agreements. But, but those agreements will be housed in tangible, like tangible evidence that, that their platform has the ability to, to generate value for our charitable partners. And Pete mentioned this yesterday at the press conference. You know, frankly, we wouldn't, we wouldn't do this unless you know, we are creating value for our charitable partners. So we're going to be looking you know, for student athletes that, that definitely have the ability with, through their platform to, to create that value. Gotcha. Well, let's say I'm a popular goalie for the soccer team, and I, I have a personal connection with the Boys and Girls Club, and I want to help promote the organization uh, in an annual fundraising campaign. Am, am I talking hundreds of dollars or thousands of dollars, tens of thousands of dollars? Or you're saying that there would be some sort of uh, metric that would uh, that tell me how much I'm worth? Yeah, I, I think that I think that's you know the reality, right? Like. For us, and for me in particular, I want to be able to point back to something that says your your NIL value and the the value you can add to to a charity is this based on these these metrics. Um, whether that be social media following from the state of Indiana, for example. So you know a lot of these charitable organizations, young kids know their names. Um, so, so those are all the things that I would be looking into to determine um, how much value that, that student athlete could add to a charity. Yeah, I think about this in terms of, you know, if you think about it, every school is going to be a little bit different and every year is going to be a little bit different. You know, think back to the time when Lily King was a a swimmer at IU and what impact she could have had if we partnered her with Turnstone. I mean, imagine the the visibility she could have driven. There are years when basketball players have that visibility or football players or when Kyle Schwarber was here playing baseball. There are these student athletes that that have this connection uh, and this reach that this, when I talk about this intensity of the spotlight, if we can start to shine some of that on these charitable partners and share that with them, uh, we can drive some real value for people who need help. But we're also creating, we also realize, I think, that some of these student athletes have a passion and they may not have a platform yet. They may not have built their social media following, but they have a real passion. And so we want to open it up to them too. So we created what we're calling our charitable incubator. So this is for any student athlete can submit a, a grant proposal, essentially. Uh, or a proposal or, for us. So we may not have heard of them. We may not have known their passion, but we want to provide opportunities and, and spur a little bit of philanthropic entrepreneurialism uh, in the system as well, too. So for anybody who doesn't have a voice, they can still have an opportunity. So Hoosiers for Good, as you said, is a not-for-profit company. It has an executive director. How big of a staff does it have? As of right now, one. 
And, uh, you know, it's, it's exciting because you're, you're building a, a business from the ground up, but, but hopefully in, in, in future years, you know, it'll, it'll, it'll get bigger and, and, you know, maybe we can expand. Okay. A lot of that, I think too, I, and Tyler knows this, we, he agrees with us. We want to make sure that as every dollar that goes into this is driving value for our charitable organizations. You know, we're not trying to build a, a giant foundation. It's just trying to build these resources that can really impact these students and, and these charitable organizations. I do think over time, I think people were, we're hearing more and more people that they're, they're starting to learn about NIL. I think the average fan is just starting to learn about this. As you mentioned in the beginning, there's confusion about it. How does this work? Is it a good thing? Is it not a good thing? Uh, I think people are starting to understand that. We're hopeful that we can drive a little bit of this conversation too about why NIL is beneficial for students, right? I, I think these students, athletes, there's been a lot of money made off student athletes over time, and they're now having the opportunity uh, to really receive some of that benefit. We just want to do it in a way that we think, you know, provides a pathway that, that really does something very positive for the community with that opportunity. So Tyler, you're also the lead fundraiser then? Yep. That's what, that's what I'm told. <laughs> no, yes, I am. There's, there, there'll be many hats worn, but I look forward to it. And, and particularly with my, with my background, you know, I'm, I'm very comfortable making sure we're doing things the right way. And, and then, you know, I'm looking to grow um, as a person, you got to get comfortable with being uncomfortable. Um, so I'll be expanding that into fundraising. Good on you. I would never be able to do that. <laughs> I can't even imagine a world in which I could do that. I can't even ask for a raise. That's how bad I am with money. For uh, for fundraising sake, are, are you mainly going to be approaching corporations or, or big time personal donors? I mean, do you have a, a mission or a strategy on that yet? You know, I, I started uh, probably 56 hours ago, um, somewhere around there. So so still still working on the, on the target audience, but could definitely include all, all of the above. Yeah, I think there are, we've already had some people reach out that are interested. What I found most interesting is they, they're gravitating towards this concept of, you know, some schools are just trying to raise money so they can pay athletes, right? Uh, we've seen schools do this, and they're just sort of indiscriminately paying athletes. And I think that's not really an, uh, an IU or a, the Indiana way. I think people are saying, boy, if we, can, if we can provide this opportunity for these charitable organizations and for the student athletes at the same time, that resonates with people. So I think it'll take a little bit of time. Uh, we've already raised enough money, though. Now we think we're we're going to be doing deals here within a month, and probably some sizable transactions because we think we can drive some real uh, benefit. You know, we've raised enough that we think we're in the easily uh, sustainable for the next several years at least. So we're hoping the really the reality is the more people we can impact is driven by the more money we can raise. How much have you raised so far? Easily in the seven figures. Oh, well, no kidding. Is Cook Group? Can you tell me? Is Cook Group a donor? So we will be a donor, but we sort of. We, we donated, we will be a donor and we donated enough to get the thing started. And we're also providing some sort of uh, logistical support in the beginning too, to help Tyler's a one man show. And he's uh, as good as he is. It's hard to do all these things by himself. So what are your goals here for the first year? Well, let Tyler answer that. He's, he's, he's been thinking about it for 56 hours. Yeah. You've had 56 hours. <laughs> so, so yeah. So a long time to think about it. Uh, should have it all mapped out. Right. No, I, I, I think, I, th- I think really, doing something in line with, with our mission and values, right? So really creating positive impact with, with, with our charitable organizations, um, but, but also creating community-minded IU student-athlete leaders. And, and I think we will be very, very excited after the first year because I, th- I think we'll be doing that. NIL is a great way, great way to do it. You kind of, to Pete's point, some of the groups that, that have started around the country is just not the Indiana way. Really, what we want to do is, is create value for those charitable organizations, but also develop 
IU student athletes into, into community minded leaders for the future. Uh, obviously, this program just focuses on Indiana University athletes. If it works as intended, would you envision sharing this model with other colleges? So maybe there could be a, a, a Boilermakers for good or a Bulldogs for good or a Sycamores for good? I hope so. Uh, we're, we've said to everybody, that's, we've actually had some inquiries about that, asking us if Tyler wanted to do the work for their school as well. But you know, I think we the limited resources, we can only do so much. But we, with Fred Glass's help, uh, obviously he has a deep understanding of uh, college athletics, but also he brings a sense of integrity, I think, uh, that we all agree on. And he's helped us navigate these waters to make sure that we're doing things transparently, follows all the rules, and really sort of does it in a way that we think is the highest uh, highest road. We're happy to share that with anybody because I know everybody is struggling with these same issues. I, I hope they take it on because I, I really do think it's a win for everybody. Well, best of luck to you guys in the next few months. I want to check in about a year or so and see how things are going. Sounds good. We'll do that. My thanks again to Pete Yonkman and Tyler Harris. And if you'd like to read more about Hoosiers for Good, I encourage you to go to ibj.com and type Hoosiers into the search field. Or better yet, Yonkman, Y-O-N-K-M-A-N, which will also bring up stories about Cook Group's manufacturing project on Indianapolis's east side. And before you get on with the rest of your week, there are a few stories from the latest print edition of IBJ I want to bring to your attention. First up, Russia's invasion of Ukraine has forced some of Indiana's largest corporations to ponder difficult questions in recent weeks, like how to protect their employees and their business interests in those countries, while also condemning the Russian government's actions. Susan Orr details how companies such as Cummins, Corteva, Elanco, Eli Lilly and Company, and Zimmer Biomet have tried to respond in ways that support Ukraine while limiting the harm to Russian employees and customers. Also in this week's paper, Mickey Shuey examines how developers are approaching the recent gush of redevelopment opportunities for city-owned properties downtown, like the City Market and the City County Building. And Leslie Bonija Muniz reports how Indianapolis residents are taking street improvements into their own hands, thanks to a new city policy that lets citizens install temporary, low-cost solutions to safety problems. Again, you can read these stories in the latest print edition of IBJ or online at ibj.com. Now that's a little easier said than done, but I can guarantee you access if you're a subscriber. It works out to about $2 per week for all of the latest news about local business and politics, plus all of IBJ's data about the central Indiana economy and corporate community. Just go to ibj.com, click on the subscribe button. And thanks again for making time this week for the IBJ podcast, which is edited by Leslie Weidenbenner. I'm Mason King. Hang in there, everybody. We'll be back again next week.